This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. Well, that's we have. It's the two Fs. We've got Fraser. Good evening. Finn. Hello. And I'm your host, Nick. Um, where to start? Of course, uh, draw with Accrington at the weekend. But obviously, transfer window closing two days back as we record this. Some unexpected departures in that. Obviously, Scott Wooten, out. Frank Nublay, out. Uh, obviously, in the window, we saw Telford leave, Canavan leave, both of those for undisclosed deals, so they're permanently gone, whereas uh, Wooten and Nublay are both gone on loan for six months, and as far as I'm aware, both their contracts expire at the end of the season, so that might be the last they've ever played for Argyle. Of course, Timmy Abraham had his loan ended just before the beginning of the January transfer window, and we've seen Niall Ennis, very good uh, home debut. I think that was his home debut, right? Yeah. Um, against Accrington. Good goal, very good goal. Um, we've got in Adam Lewis, left wing back, uh, goal on debut at Sunderland, and of course we've also got Sam Sam Woods as the latest right new centre back, Crystal yeah. Palace on loan. Uh, that's it, right? I haven't missed anyone. No, no, I think that's right. So Fraser, go ahead. Let, you know, I, I think you want to talk Wooten, don't you? Yeah, I, I think on the whole, it was quite a good window. I mean, it was absolutely mind-blowingly crazy. I mean, I don't think any of us expected what happened near the end. Um, and I'm not about to say that Scott Wooten is the next, the second coming in Amanda Vidic, but it seems to be a little bit risky, potentially. You know, we've now got, um, other than Ameson, we've we've only got children in defence. And the um, knees at that. Yeah, well, I don't want to see. You know, don't get me wrong. I think they're doing. You know, we've we've seen them improve, and they've they've last couple of weeks they've been performing very well. Um, and by all accounts, you know, we've got another. Uh, you know, Woods is obviously Premier League pedigree, so he, he should be pretty good. But um, it's it's a little bit risky. I think we'll get away with it. I don't think we'll go down or anything drastic like that. But I'd probably without a, another centre back, I probably, you know, I probably wouldn't have got rid of Canavan and Wooten, and only bought in a, a you know, a loanee 
from the higher divisions, I'd probably would have looked for, um, you know, a bit more experience. I'm not going to try and pronounce the guy from uh, Ipswich's name. Because um, I'll just make, yeah, that's the guy. Because I'll just make myself sound like an idiot. And I've got plenty of time on this podcast to do that yet. Um, he would have probably been a nice addition, but obviously it wasn't to be. So um, there we go. The Wooten was obviously surprising because just I think it was day before deadline day, so 31st of January. We wake up on Sunday morning to see Alan Nixon saying there's interest from Wigan for a loan for Wooten, which I don't think anyone sort of expected. Um, and then obviously that materialised on the Monday. And then also out of nowhere, this, I don't think this this was rumoured about half an hour earlier by the uh, local journo for Colchester just said that he'd heard that there might be a loan on for Nuble. And then, you know, what, half an hour later, Nuble's gone on loan. And that was, you know, there's no preamble to that. That was just gone. And all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, that, that, was a, that was really weird, wasn't it? It was a bit like yeah. um, in, out of nowhere, but, you know. So, I mean, net, we are down a striker because obviously we saw... Well, down three actually. Abraham Telford Nuble out, and only one in in the form of Venice. Oh, then we well, Hardy counts as an incoming. No, but no, no, he, no, yeah. he doesn't. We had him before, and we've still got him now. What we've essentially done, essentially, what we've done is extended his contract. Yeah. Technically, in terms of how this squad looks, we are not saying we've got a new striker Ryan Hardy in for the no. second half of the season, are we? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we we're down two strikers. And obviously, we've seen our two most experienced centre backs, uh, Bar Sawyer. Well, I mean, Sawyer's. Where, where is Sawyer? Where is Sawyer? I mean, yeah. I mean no. Sawyer's as useful to us as Lewis McLeod at this point. Um, shame about Lewis McLeod, that, that, you know, the never ending injury. Um, but so we've lost Wooten and Canavan and brought in a guy with three professional uh, appearances or starts to his name. Is that right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, you know, we are, our starting back three is more than good enough to stay up. I'm not sure it's good enough to reach the playoffs. That's absolutely fine by me. But if one of them goes out, particularly if it's Ameson, think about how young and inexperienced that defence is then looking. Um, bold. It's very bold. I think, I think that's the word for it though. I think it is bold. I think, Whilst there's that element of risk, I think it it's quite Hallett is almost showing his true colours now. I think the window is actually quite clever. Um in that we've we've freed up some salary. We've also made some transfer fees. And I don't think we've made the team notice we've we've weakened the depth, but probably not the quality, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, and I think Ennis will also prove to be a signing bought preemptively for the departure of Jeffcott. Um, so, I've, and obviously we've got a few people now, quite a few people in the team on two and a half year contracts, which make them valuable, especially given I think they're all under the age of 26. So it, it's a bit risky, but the reason I think bold is the right word for it is because I think on the ground, on the whole picture of a football club rather than, than let's say just a, a football team, I think it actually is quite clever what we've done, albeit, you know, the worst of injury crises could scupper our plans. But I think, you know, on 
in all likelihood, that's not going to happen. We're not going to see, you know, loads and loads of injuries touch wood. So I, I think it will work quite well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I mean, obviously football isn't a business, but it very much felt like a window um, sort of, you know, a bit of short-term loss for long-term gain. And we haven't really lost that much, as in, uh, you know, Newblade, Telford, uh, Canavan. Uh, well, maybe Canavan, but I would have maybe expected he would have left. For personal reasons anyway, just because of, you know, where he lives in the country and stuff. And he was only on a one-year contract, I think. But, um, you know, I think under greatest respect to the four that went out, I wouldn't really see them being in the team um, next next year. Um, so it's probably, in terms of numbers, we are a bit lacking, but um, in terms of the acquisitions we made, probably quite smart as a whole. I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't hesitate to have kept Canavan. But oh, no, it, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have hesitated. I was just saying that I didn't think he would um, stay, even if he had the choice. Oh well, yeah. So I mean, it's it's smart on Lowe's part if 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 his contract's running out and he's thinking about moving north, and you've been offered a transfer fee. Of course, I'm all for yeah. Sort of, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know that. That was just. Uh, just well, I mean, no, we're pretty certain that his contract. We we think his contract was up. And I'm pretty certain Lowe said it, and Lowe's confirmed all that kind of stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm sort of in favour of that. On t- on Newblade, it was an odd one signing in the first place. Not sure if you remember my ranting when he first joined. I did not think he was going to work. Quick, quick side note, because I was remembering this when he first signed, because he played on the left wing for Colchester, and the same with the Jake Jervis, he's playing on the right wing for us. Sam was convinced he was going to be a left wing back. And honestly, the amount—you remember this race, the amount of time I spent convincing yeah. him that just because you played on the wing, that doesn't make you a wing back. It was so infuriating. Um, I quite, um, I quite liked Newblade's personality. To be fair, like I know he wasn't everyone's cup of tea, um, but I, I think he seemed like one of football's good guys. Um, I know that doesn't necessarily mean a great deal. But uh, he seemed like quite a fun character. And, and, you know, those two games where he, he held the ball in the corner were, were oh, pretty amusing. Um, oh, I'll live long in the memory. But, um, you know, it seems to me from the reaction from Colchester and the reaction from Nublay that that, that talk, had, that, that there'd been a little bit of talking about that for a while, perhaps. Um, it seemed very sort of, although it was kept under wraps, it seemed sort of like, it was coming in a weird way when you when you look at the Colchester page I mean, and, the, and how the club reacted to it. So um, you know maybe maybe the move here just didn't click to him for for the right I mean, reason or I, something. I remember a podcast he did with um, I, it must have been just a friend um, when he just joined, and he said, "Well, the reasons for coming here were to play up top, which he did." Um, because, uh, you know, in his previous um, spells at Colchester and Newport, he played out wide and he wanted to play in a, in a more central role. Um, he did that, um, but he also talked about turning down um, a longer contract, I believe, at another League One club for Argyle because he um, he he thought that um, he liked the style of play and he could start, you know, getting starts was important for him. It was also but, the playing up front element, whereas the other team wanted to play him out wide and the left again, I think. Yeah, quite. Yeah, so... So, um, you know, he didn't, he, he did get a spell in the team, but you he know, had his he, chance. He didn't he did take have, it. You know? He had, he, he had have, chances to score. 
Yeah, he did have his chance, and unfortunately, that's that's football, isn't it? So, he, at the end of the day, if he back at a time when let's not forget Telford and Hardy were failing to put their chances away, if yeah. he'd banged him in the back of the net, and he went through a spell where he actually got chances and you know didn't finish him, he well, he had the most shots at one point, didn't he? Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it, it's. I mean, he had his chance. He he was only failed to, a bit like Telford. Telford's in the same boat. I won't be surprised if Telford's able to turn it around. That doesn't mean I think he will. And I feel a bit sorry for him going to uh, Newport. He's now what competing with Nicky Maynard and so many others they've got there. Patrick Norman. Um, yeah. Um, like good good league two strikers. Not that Telford yeah, isn't. But... There. You're not getting back in the team for a while. No. But um, at the end of the day. His attacking movement was good. He was smart, intelligent in terms of the way he attacked. He you know, had some good uh, passes in him as well. Purely came down to finishing again. And you know what that happens. And you know, if, if you want to think about it this way, go back a year, or just over a year now, and no one would have had Jeff got scoring this many goals. Oh, absolutely and, and, not. And, no. partly, and you know, if Telford can just get back into the habit of putting away chances, like he did Barry, where he converted nearly, I think it was one in two of his shots. He had a 40% conversion rate. Yeah. If he can get even remotely close to that, he's going to find his way back in League One. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think the thing with Telford is injuries just disrupt, disrupted his time here. You know? In the first season, definitely. Can't really say that so much this season. This season was purely around finishing. He I think also it's hard to... Um, it, the, the strikers we've got up front at the moment, you know, especially like Jeff Cott's the first name on the team sheet, isn't he? And that takes up one spot. And I think although Hardy had a bit of a cold patch, Hardy and Jeff Cott just work so well together. You know, yeah. um, it's that that is like a striking partnership. When you yeah. talk about striking partnerships, that would be like a striking partnership. And that's why I thought when Hardy, because Nibale, well, Nibale, that's why I thought as soon as Hardy came in, I was like, well. It's going to be hard for Newblade to get in this team just purely because of how well Hardy and um and Jeff got um. But yeah, together. at the same time, look, Telford could have been nearly at double figures by the end of uh, like November, yeah. given the chances he's had. You know, yeah, we, we added these up, and uh, granted, it's in all competitions. He could have had two or three against um, uh, late Norrin away. He should have scored against. Um, who was it? He should have scored against Shrewsbury. Should have scored uh, against Cheltenham in the. The EFL Cup, you know, at a time when other people weren't scoring, Telford would have been the team if you put a few away. Same yeah. for Newblad, just in case whoever uh, strikes takes it. At a time when Jeff Cott was injured, don't forget, and therefore couldn't play. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at look at Ryan Lowe and you think, well, uh, our biggest strength in our team is chance creation, right? We create a hell of a lot of chances every game, pretty much. And at least one good chance every game. And <laughs> And uh, Ryan Lowe's a striker, so he's not going to stick around very much. If you're not, um, you know, if you're not, the thing is with Hardy is when he wasn't scoring, he was still contributing to the overall attack. Yeah. Um, Telford, unfortunately, and Nuble re- kind of weren't able to do it to the same level. So, hmm. and yeah, when, as soon as Jeff came back, you know, he closed the space for them because why are you starting Telford over? Good question. Why would you start Telford over Jeff Cott? Cough, cough, Fleetwood away. Um, <laughs> Fleetwood's another one where Telford had that chance in the opening few minutes, you know? If yeah. he puts that away at 1-0, potentially yeah, different. Yeah. It's just, he had his chances. He's just like Nuble. But Telford's problem now is going to be, I doubt he's going to play for another team that can create chances for him in the same way that we did. Um, 
there, there are there are teams like that emerging, but it doesn't mean they're doing as well as we had. So that's probably going to be as you know the struggle is getting in the team, but also getting in a team that can create, create chances for him. And then you look at the little cameos that Ennis, have ha- Ennis has had, and he looked promising as well. On what you guys were saying earlier about the transfer window, I'm sort of halfway to to what you, uh, Finn and Fraser, both thinking that it's good. This potentially is a short term negative window, and that as a squad, granted we've got a better striker in Ennis, but as a squad we're weaker, particularly in defence. And we haven't backed up McLeod, who could be injured for months for all we know. Um, we're weaker coming out of January than we were going in. But as long as I, I don't mind finishing a few places lower in mid table this season, if it means we finish a few places higher. Well, yeah, I mean, into the promotion race what, next season. What's the difference between 14th and 10th when you can finish sixth instead of? ninth um, next season yeah but the problem with that is so i'm all for the fine canavan's gone we've got a bit of money from him but what benefit are we getting what what, you know what tangible benefit are we getting from from wooten going uh we're saving a bit of money on wages more more on wooten than nubler of course because nubler came in when we had the wage cap limit so more on Wooten than Nublay. But at the same time, we have that wage cap in place next season. And I doubt we're going to be that, you know, that money we saved on wages is going to be spent next season. So is it going to go on to transfer fees? Well, you know, how, how are those two loan outs going to help us? And then the yeah. is that, you know, what we're doing right now is we're improving a Poku. A Poku is definitely a better player than when he came here. We're improving Watts. Woods potentially were improving. Hardy, obviously, we've converted to a permanent, but I mean, I know Sam would disagree, but I mean, Fauna will be better for the experience. And these lone players that we're improving, probably not coming back to us next season. Someone like, I, I granted, you don't necessarily take them if they're not available, but it's just a bit annoying that we've now got, for example, Woods, who's going to fill a squad place until the end of the season, then go and that it would have been better if we could have brought in a permanent centre back and start to build for next season in defence. Whereas as Fraser is well aware, at this point we go into July and we'll have literally no contract yeah. to defence. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it is strange. Like, I mean, we, I, I look at it like, well, first of all, Yano Donatien was essentially our, he was our, he's our choice, wasn't he? He was the defender mm-hmm. we wanted. And I think we thought we, we could have got him, but then Ipswich decided to do some random thing with loans where it doesn't make sense. Um, it, um, I mean, bad ownership in my opinion. I, I, well, I, I in my would opinion, be surprised at all if Donatian leaves for a free in the summer and the yeah. chairman is, because so he then, refused to take 50 grand now, has got nothing and paid more for it. Yeah, unless there's something we can't see. But uh, and but yeah, I, I'm I'm like, we've felt like we've 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 great like the problems we've had this season have been in defense in that defensive area i'm talking about defensive midfield and i'm talking about the center backs and we we've made some good signings in hardy in cooper in the summer in ennis you know um in potentially uh, well probably panuche camara in terms of longer term contracts and getting these young promising players tied down 
for the future so we can build on it and improve the overall quality of the squad. But for me, unless you come up with some miracle in the summer, it doesn't seem very smart doing that and then not having any centre-backs contracted to the club. So then you have to bring three new, but basically five new centre-backs in. Yeah, you five. Cover on the, five new centre-backs in because you need cover on the bench. Uh, and uh, unless no, like, like consistency or stability there. Yeah. And, you're, and, and, you know, you're building completely from scratch. Unless Ameson, of course, could stay. But yeah. as far as aware, his contract's going to be up and, you know, he could be off. So my point being, like, what what does it mean if you've got stability at one end of the pitch? And you, like, ultimately, if we're, like, we want to be getting to the championship. So I don't think it's 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 um too much of me to say we should be pushing for playoffs next season. Uh, if, you know, if you build on it, mid-table playoffs promotion. You say it like that, right? So, but if you start slowly because you haven't bought, uh, you know, you haven't got the continuity between defenders, it's like, I don't know. But maybe, maybe I'll be able to eat my words. I hope so. Anyway, I think our defense is always though. This the rebuild job of the defense is always going to happen. I don't think. Obviously, it started now to a degree, and I know what you mean. But it was always going to happen. I don't think the defense was, you know, really up to it. Into what we went. Now I know me and Nick have agreed disagreed on the defensive on the defensive element of the team, but I think. It's just part and parcel. Now, I disagree slightly on what our aim should be next season. If we get playoffs, great. But I think we will have only been in the division for two seasons. There are a lot of big clubs in this division. No, I just... I'd love to get the playoffs next season. But all of a sudden, we're on an upward trajectory and the fans are all expectant of big things. Um, I, I think that the, the rebuild at the back was sort of inevitable because the players that we've signed or, or that we inherited, or not we, but low inherited weren't really the quality to start hitting in that top half of the championship. And we're just going to have to take it, you know. And But the top good thing the is... Championship. The top half, yeah. Well, it's certainly not that good. No, right. We uh, have our um, disagreements with other defenders, but I fully agree they are not top half championship. <laughs> yeah, they're not They're not quite that good. Um, but, you know, I mean, so so I think... I know what you mean. I know the concerns of what we need to... But if we had kept... Let, let's, other than maybe Canavan, but Scott Wooten wasn't going to be in part of our long-term plans for the defence anyway... And, and there were always an element of loan deals. I mean, I think it's a little bit premature to worry about it yet. We need to see what happens in the summer. See what, you, you know, I would like to see. Uh, I think the distribution of loan players needs to be a little bit more even. So, you know, you maybe have a striker on loan, a midfielder on loan, a defender on loan, rather than where we've got our whole defence in on loan. Yeah. Um, and defensive mid. Yeah, so so maybe that, but then some sometimes needs must and that. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't know who's available, who's not available. You know, and and at the end of the day, we you know I don't think um, Woods was our first choice, but no. I think you know we we've probably done some sums and realised that we can play him cheaper than we can Wooten. I mean, um, I mean so, you add to it. You add to sorry, you add to it now. You think well. So Danashian, our first target, weren't able to get him. We looked around. Probably no one wants to sell many defenders in January. Um, so we're not going to, you know, and we wouldn't have got a massive sum for Canavan. So so I think, and then we got rid of Wooten. So maybe just trying to save up for the summer when we get a primary target, whether that be Danashian on a free sale or someone, like someone, someone potentially better even. 
Um, so maybe, yeah, it maybe it is about that. You just about the like next season and stuff. I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with us. Um, I, I, you know, being frugal with our cash. You know, as long as it's not at the detriment of of what division we're in, I think you know there are these new measures with the with the salary caps to to protect clubs. But I think if if Hallett is looking after the pennies in some regards and going, well, actually this person's better off. We're better off not paying his wages and and putting the pocket in the cash for a rainy day, so to speak. I'd rather that you know you see some chairman that will, would would just rather spend all their money than you know on whoever you know, yeah. rather than, than be sensible. So it, there are risks with this transfer window that have, you know, it's not been as spectacular as some have made out, but I think it's quite prudent. And, you know, the thing that's getting me there, right, is that we, we will be inevitably based on our previous wage spend that has been published by the club and based on, you know, the contracts that were pre-existing for the season, we will be spending, um, you know, well, well over the the actual salary cap limit because uh, players like Mayer, players like you know Canavan, all those signed before the salary cap came in will be on those inflated wages, which will now, which means that when we come into next season, we will easily be able to spend the, the top limit of that that actual wage bracket, right? Um. So my major my my only concern here is the wages we're saving from someone like Wooten and Newblay by loaning them out, not selling them. You know, we we then can't spend. You know, we're not going to spend extra on wages. No, so but if, just, you know, if we're going to make some players, if we're going to make some player signings, then um, using that money, fair enough. If that money is being saved because of the you know the loss in income due to COVID, fair enough. But that, that's just the, the 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 sort of the square that I want circling. You know. Well, yeah, uh, and I know what you mean. Like, it just it, it may not come back in on because you're right with the salary cap. It may not come back in in players, but there's also like you know. There are so much other areas that you can spend money as a football club, you know, and and you know I think Simon Hallett has has spent a great deal of money on improving mm, areas in, in other areas. So like, I, I'm not. It's the most confident I've been about our financial sort of goings on in in, oh, you know, in a long, long, Absolutely. long while. Absolutely. So um, you know, it's it ha- it's and and we've got we have seemingly got. A good plan with you know, and, and there's always a little bit of luck with it. But look, Jeff Cott's going to be a gold mine. There's a good chance Mike Cooper's going to be a gold mine. And you know, if we can rinse and repeat with a few other players over the next few years, yes, that money may not be able to go in on salaries, but it can go on transfer fees. It can just also be put in the bank for when we get in, the, or if and when we get in the championship, because there isn't, world, there's, there's no salary yeah. cap then. So yeah, also in a world where. There is a salary cap that's going to make the transfer fee king to an extent. In a world where you can't, you know, trump a player by saying, "Yeah, we'll give you this amount of money," because it will be the money. Everyone, yeah, everyone can pay the exact same amount. Um, albeit, you know, League One, you've got an advantage over League Two because you're going to be allowed to spend more per player. You know, that ability to pay a fee might well be the thing that you know, and you'll get another club saying, "No, you can't talk to them. You can only talk to this club. They're willing to pay us more." So. That, that that might be where that might be where the salary cap takes us. We might see an inflation in transfer fees uh, to make up for the deflation in yeah. uh, wages. But we we should probably move on because we have actually got a game to talk about as well. Uh, <laughs> after all that, uh, well, actually, drama on uh, deadline day, given what happened, um, and of course, good luck as well. We should probably say good luck to all the players that um, that have left. Um, 
I thought I heard Scott Watson did a decent job against um, Twin, or at least I think I heard that. Good luck to him. Um, I, I'm just going to point this one out, not, not to try and tempt fate. If Watson gets relegated, Watson gets relegated with Wigan, that will be three consecutive League One relegations in a row with three different clubs. MK Dons 2018, Argyle 2019, Wigan 2021. So hopefully Pimmy can break that cycle. Um, obviously, <laughs> I just couldn't resist bringing that one up. Um, obviously, 2-2 uh, two, two, two draw with Accrington. Finn, what, what do you remember, how much do you remember of the game after all that? Yeah, um, yeah um, I, I was, um, again, some goals probably could have done better with both of them. Yeah, actually should have done better with both of them. Um, but I think that particularly, and look, I'm going to big up Ben Reeves now. Like, like <laughs> for the last sort of 20 minutes when he came on the pitch and we started moving the ball forward a bit more when we needed that goal, uh, um, I, I thought that was some of the best attacking football in the last 20 minutes that I've seen us play this season. I thought we we could have gone and won it in the end, really. And I think we were sort of unlucky to not to, really. And I mean, um, Danny Mayer probably, you know, we talked a lot about him produ- um, producing more, you know, being more productive in terms of numbers. Um, but an assist for him on Saturday and probably up there in at least his top three um performances in an Argyle shirt so far I thought he was absolutely excellent I thought everything went through him he got shots off yeah okay he didn't score but he shot which is more than he <laughs> usually does um, about five that, that's parts. such I'm oh, sorry I, I, you know I'm a Mayor fan but that's such a low bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, I'm being. Uh, uh, no, it, no, 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 I know what you mean. I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I just found it amusing where, <laughs> in, in an attempt to defend Danny Bear, he took a shot. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was his. Um, himself, but... I thought it was Danny Bear's best game in, a, in an Argyle shirt. I thought he was brilliant, and I'm not. I'm not the first to compliment Danny, as as, as everybody knows. Um, he did have. I think he had about five or six shots in the end. I mean. They weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. I think a traffic cone would have saved at least three of them. But it's great when he plays quickly and he makes quick decisions. He is so difficult to defend against. You know, there was a goal earlier in the season where he, he, he beat his man and cut it back for Jeffcott. And, and that it, it's almost like if Ryan Lowe can, you know, Danny, Danny Mayer's what, 30, is he? He's, yeah. he's certainly in the, in the latter stages of his career. If he can work with Ryan Lowe and, and with Schumacher and, and get add that decision making to his game and to his dribbling skill, he will he will he'll hone another level at this stage of his career, which which is is brilliant. It's it is I, I've said before I find him absolutely infuriating because it's like having all the pieces of the jigsaw and then just taking one of them and just throwing it away, and then his. He's got everything there. He just needs to put it together. And I think he's he did that, you know, and he's clearly being told to shoot more because he's starting to see it creep into his game. Um, and yeah, you know, the shots weren't great. I think one went narrowly wide and the rest went straight at the goalkeeper. But it is, and it is a low bar. You know, he is a very talented player and he's an attacking minded player. He should be scoring more. He should be shooting more, but he hasn't been. And if he can improve that and work on it, it's only going to benefit him and benefit us. I mean, so, you know, hope, hope he carries on. Why don't we? 
just do the FIFA drill from. Oh, I haven't played FIFA in years. But <laughs> remember the FIFA drill? Well, there's literally they hang a target in the top corner, right? Yeah. yeah. You're walking into it, it's going to put down. You know, one of those um uh yeah you, oh, you know the sort of yellow metal and they're meant to represent a player, yeah, right? Yeah. Literally. So, Danny, this is the drill we're going to do. I've got 500 balls here. You're going to take yeah. a touch around the player and you're going to hit the hit the um. The target. Do it five hundred times, and I don't care if you can't do it at home because maybe because the dimensions of the goal might be slightly different, the dimensions of the box might be slightly different. But at home park, you will know that from here. I need you know it'll just be muscle memory to hit the top corner. I know it's not as simple as that, but for the love of God, please say we've actually tried that. Yeah, he he's got so he just takes players out of the game, and and for all the debate of 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 Mayor versus Kerry. I mean, Kerry wins it hands down. But the one skill that Danny Mayer has, that Kerry, like the way that Danny Mayer goes past a man with absolute just simplicity, as if the person is one of those yellow people just stuck in the ground, he takes players yeah, out yeah. of the game. Are they and called then he... training dummies? I think they're called training <laughs> dummies. <laughs> Instead uh... of yellow people. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you, you know, he, he takes people out of the game. And it's just, there are so many times we've had it where he like, Danny Mayer skinned one man or he skinned two man and then he runs into a cul-de-sac and then he I, stops. I almost think, he, I so, think he's messy up until the finish sometimes. Like, but, but he did it. How good was that goal? How, you know, it, oh. it is, we can, we can complain about his lack of shots and goals and I've done enough of that on this podcast, but that goal was when he was quick passing and quick dribbling. It was yeah, sublime. Yeah. It's unreal. That's like a top level. Got no, like Matt, if you, that's um, that's like a goal that Man City routinely score. You know, those are the goals that those are the. You know, when when Ryan Lowe came in and he was about getting the wing backs forward. You know, he kind of talked through his his principles. That is exactly the kind of goal. You know, quick one two passing, little back heel, cut back goal. Like you're not three four, that. wasn't it? It was a three four, one two three four. Oh yeah, one two three four. And shout out to Niall Ennis as well because. I mean, like he got the finish and that back, back heel as well. Yeah, back heel. Yeah, great. But um, Danny Mayer, yeah, really good. And um, like I, I like Sam's not on the podcast right now, but I do agree with him that he has he has he has brung another level to his game in the last couple of months. And just if he can get that goal, if he can get four goals between now and the end of the season, then great. Not just that. If he gets if he if Danny Mayer gets four or five goals by the end of the season. I think we'll be in the playoff picture, and I'll tell you why. Because the, uh, at the moment, we've got other people scoring, right? Yeah, we've kept Jeff Got, which no Fraser was waiting himself about going into January. Oh, Jeff Got's going to leave. Um, if if Danny Mayer can add goals, then that's going to be an extra few points. There's extra few. I points thought you were going to say. Like I thought you were going to say if Danny Mayer can add goals, any player can can add goals. So <laughs> he's not that bad. Like, I mean, Will Apes has been doing his best to try and show him up. He had that lovely volley against Sheffield United that went wide. Then he had the volley against, or whatever it was, the 40-yard show against Swindon. I also love the, fact, wider than it looked. I love the fact that Joe Edwards is just all of a sudden just a scoring wing-back. Like, um, I think he's had a fantastic season and um, he still keeps cropping up with, with shots on goal. Yeah. Um, and um, But I, I think... I. I think he's clearly being worked on with Danny Mayer. And I think that's what's interesting. And that's what I mean by taking his game to the next level. He's not... I, I know Ryan Lowe came out and defended him in the week about his goal-scoring record, but I think he's working on it because he's shooting more. So... The thing I think about that, that like, the comments about his goal-scoring record is, like, those are just things you say in the press. He's obviously onto him about goals because 
he's there. Like a player of Danny Mayer's quality should be scoring more goals. It, there's no two ways about it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's on to it. I think Danny Mayer's a guy who loves to play football, who you know is quite relaxed by it and just tends to probably. I reckon he probably is one of those players who does best when he's enjoying his football. You know, and I think that. Low, you know, he he knows Danny Mayer pretty damn well. Played with him, managed yeah. him. You know, I I would not, I don't know this. I wouldn't be surprised if he is just one of those people who need arm around the shoulder sort of thing. They don't need constant tasks. You know, they don't need the training dummy and the and the <laughs> and the target and the goal. Though I fully recommend it, and I'd love that to happen. Can we can we get a live Argyle cam on that? Yeah. And and just what you know when they had the cameras in Home Park for the development. I just want to watch that over and over again. Um, Surely that's what we could bring Scott Wooten back and just stand Scott <laughs> Wooten in the crowd. <laughs> oh, no, Scott, wear this yellow bib. <laughs> stand <laughs> there and don't move. Sorry, it's also worth saying about Mayer that every time, like, you know, when they put up on Twitter, like, before the game when they, they have, like, the shooting drills and stuff, Danny Mayer routinely plants these balls into the corner. Oh, that just makes Ooh. it all the worse. So he can yeah. do it when there's... <laughs> but, um... And and like I hadn't seen him many times, like like and as a, as an opposition player. But I remember that game where we were on a really good run of form. I mean, I think it was about December. They were like the worst team in the league, and there was the game that Ryan Lowe got sent off. Um, and for, uh, well, apparently this season or last season. Uh, no, sorry, it's twenty seventeen eighteen. I'm talking about. Um, I was going to say Ryan Lowe yeah. got sent off. Right, Ryan Lowe got sent off for Barry. Um, oh right, oh sorry, we beat Barry three 0 Right, I'm yeah. with you now. Sorry, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was trying to work out what you're talking about. I thought it meant that Lowe, the manager, as manager of Argyle, had been sent off. I couldn't think it had happened. Yeah, I mean, we beat him three 0 Sarsovic scored one carry penalty. Diaguara, I think. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I think that was it. And um, essentially, my point was is that they were the worst team in the league, and obviously, um, he hadn't been converted into a centre midfielder. Um, but I think him and um, is it um Zeki? Is it Zeki Ismail? Um, he Zeli Ismail. Zeli Ismail. That's it. Zeli Ismail and Mayer was on were on the um uh, the two best players on the pitch, and they were on alternate alternate wings, and they caused us. Uh, problems for about half an hour before we scored and then we were on such a good run and they were on such a poor run of form that uh, obviously it kind of unraveled for them but that was the only time I'd seen Mayer not playing an Argyle shirt and I was even impressed with him then if that makes sense. We actually scored after the 14th minute. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, I, I looked it up because I could have sworn we scored like in the third minute but I think that was a different different yeah. game on Diagora. I think that might have been the 1-0 win. Um, something that bugs me though, right? You remember that Hardy chance where it just fell to him in the box and he took a touch, took a touch, took a touch, hit it, blocked. It just yeah. sort of rebounded to him in the box. Yeah. You know, you know which one I'm on about, Fraser? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that is indicative of... The, you know, that, that moment there is indicative of why not only Hardy, but also Mayer aren't scoring as many goals as they should. And it's that Hardy there, when he takes that touch, he is thinking, how can I set myself best to score? But he's neglecting that the defence is not ready for him to shoot. And he's just purely thinking about how he can increase the odds of him getting the ball where, you know, into the, to shoot at the goal where he wants to. And it, it's reminded, it's contrasted in my head with Jeff Gott's goal at Crewe. And it's very similar in that the ball rebounds to them. They're both facing away from goal as the ball comes to them. The defenders are nowhere near ready, you know, because you know, the ball's not expected to end up there. Jeff Gott hits it first time. It's quite close to the goalkeeper. It's a, no, not a great finish. Keeper's not ready, defence is not ready, and it squirms in, you know, and that's a goal. Yeah. 
Hardy takes a touch, he takes a second, and all of a sudden he's got into great position so he can bang it into the bottom corner. Keeper set, defender set, defenders get close, blocks it. And it just reminds me of Mayer all the time, whereby Mayer, you know, when he's dribbling, he's like, this isn't quite the perfect angle. Yeah, Let yeah. me take another touch, you know. And you know, you've in, in the box when it's that close, you've got seconds and touches before the team crowds players between you and goal and they and get what more Jeff players back so around at. the box. Yeah, Jeff got it. It's reminiscent of Harry Kane when he just when he started. I remember that match of the day doing analysis back when Harry Kane, you know, was literally just no no one really properly knew he was. He was just scoring for Spurs. And they did a bit of analysis and said, "Look, this guy hits it so early that it doesn't really matter, you know, how well he hits it. uh, Sorry, where exactly he goes in the goal because the keeper's not ready, defense's not ready. He gets power behind it and hits the target. And you do it enough times, you get goals as a reward. And you know, Jeff got sorry. Hardy's just not in that mindset. You know, he doesn't score first time finishes. Only first time finishes against Wigan from outside the box. You know, everything yeah. else is a touch or more. So, so just quickly, um, Mayer did score like a great goal against Swindon. Unfortunately, offside. So we are seeing signs of it, like um, like changing, which is great going into this latter part of the season. Mm. But yeah, like I said, I just you. you Low, why, why aren't you doing this work with Ryan Hardy? Why can't Ryan Hardy finish a first-time shot, you know? It's not just the shooting, it's also the positioning. You know, Jeff Cott tends to get himself in those positions better. Just, it's, I'm kind of disappointed with Low on that front, but Hardy's still young. He's now got time to work with Ryan Low. I just want to see him, you know, some visible signs of progress that, you know, he is getting himself, he understands where to be. Like, like Kamara, like Kamara. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, that's clear and obvious signs of improvement. That he knows where to be when the ball's coming in, and that he's got the confidence and the ability to just hit it first time. Knowing that, I mean, I look at there are a chunk of these goals that Jeff got scored where he hasn't hit that smoothly, you know, but it's gone in because defend he's hit it early. Yeah, work on it. Yeah. Uh, with that, predictions, Portsmouth. What well, do you think? we haven't we haven't beaten them in five years, um, which isn't great. God, um, yeah, is that... The last time was Playoff, in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's the last time we beat them. Um, to be fair, we've only lost twice since then and drawn the rest. Um, but yeah, we've not beaten them. So I'm going to go for another draw. Um, it looks like we tend to be goals, so I'm going to go for a, a two-all draw. But um, I would like to beat them because Portsmouth are quite annoying, aren't they? They're quite irritating in many ways. Um, <laughs> that's probably putting it kindly, but I, I don't think we will. Finn? Yeah, um, I mean, I think we should have beaten them uh, in... Uh... In oh, yeah, October. October. And um, when they were on a poor run of form, and we, well, that was the last game before we went really on our, ba- on our bad <laughs> run of form. That was when Watts decided yeah. to do a Superman impression, wasn't it, in his own yeah. box? Which, oh, I love this how Sam tried to defend that for so long. He yeah, like so it, much it wasn't a mistake. It was a natural position. And, and to be fair, maybe he was right given the Sheffield United penalty and VAR <laughs> agreed with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think yeah. So I also worry it. whenever John Marquise is in your position side, like he's he's such a good player. Um, yeah, I mean they they have got a few, and that's the thing. Like they won on a very good run of form, and now they've picked up, and then they've slumped off a little bit. So 
Um, I think it's going to be a tough game. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost by the odd goal, but I'm going to go positive because I really want to beat them and um, I'm going to go 2-1 win. I mean, we are unbeaten this year by Sheffield United, which I think is a fair exception. given that They, they did beat Man away. United as well. So, yeah. you know, they beat Man United who won 9-0 last night. So Sheffield United are a very, very good team. <laughs> <laughs> and they've won it. Yeah, but they've, I think they've lost one game, like in between that. Like Man United, they lost to Tottenham, I think. But they lost was... to City as well. Oh, City, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no but... shame in losing to the league leaders, so is that? They're, they're still even, a very, very good team. Even so, yeah. since that. Um... We are, I feel like we're getting a little too hung up on the success of Sheffield United. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we're, we're unbeaten against League One opposition this year. Portsmouth obviously beat Charlton, but other than that, I've been on a relatively poor run. They lost to Hull, 4-0 to Hull. I think Jack Watmore got two own goals in that game. And then two got, own goals. And then, no, 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 but then got sent off in the next one, um, which is a pretty, that's an awful week. I, think it I mean, you Tuesday, could be bed in the rack. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd still know. rather not be Watmore. Two own goals followed by the red card. <laughs> I yeah. think that's worse. Um, and they lost that game that he went down to 10 men as well. Um, obviously beat Charlton. Pompey are in poor form, but I think they're good at home as far as I remember. Um, obviously, we're turning around our away performances. You know, on balance of play, I'm, I'm going to go with the draw, I think, and a uh, score draw, probably 2-2. Two, two. Um what? Yeah, we have we have of of the games we've we played since we beat them, we have drawn with them two or twice. Yeah, um, well, I, I, we've I, had lots of draws with them. Going back to when we first played them, first game was one one. That game after that was three uh, three three. Then we lost two one, one two one, drew two two, one I mean, two one one nil. I do have to say though, Nick, we have played Portsmouth before two thousand thirteen. Oh yeah, I know, but I mean that was the <laughs> first that was the first time of this sort of spell. You know what I mean? Actually, it wasn't. We beat them 3-0 in the League Cup in 2012. Yeah, okay, but have you seen the team they put out? Well, no, what I mean is, um, for all that time, we yeah. were relatively you know, similar level and you could sort of compare the teams. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's a fair comparison. Otherwise, uh, we may as well start bringing in the FA Cup game you know they kind of pushed on after our relegation obviously but um i, I you know i still think it's always going to be a good game against portsmouth they might mm. change it but you know i mean yeah I, I i'm sort of in agreement with Fraser. i'm not sure we'll i'm not sure we'll win so yeah i think the draw but anyhow that's that's green and white um and no more transfers or at least <laughs> free, free transfers but for a while now which is a shame always like silly season um but yeah, this has been Green and White. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.